Hey, agency owners, it's time for a new episode of the Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, while reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. Before we get started today, I'd like to invite you to join our free Facebook group, the Creative Agency Clique. We live stream weekly trainings on tactics that will help you simplify and scale your agency. Go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash FP to join. And now for the show. Presenting your design work is ultimately a sale. You need to walk through it and walk through it with them in a way that ultimately is compelling. You need to sell the work, not just show it to them and ultimately ask them what they think. So what I see happen a lot is that agencies are just showing the work and asking the client, tell me what you think. And the client ultimately gives feedback from ultimately what they know, right? That's largely what human beings do is we provide feedback and commentary on what we know. And so what they know is their personal opinion. They're not design experts. So we've all kind of heard the concept of my husband or my wife or my friend likes ABC, purple, blue, whatever. And ultimately, if this is news to you, I'm sorry, but your designs are not an art. And art ultimately to solve a business problem. They're not just art, art's sake, right? And the item that ends up happening here when you just present the work in a way that's just asking for an opinion is you get the wrong kind of feedback and you end up spinning in circles, revision after revision after revision and endless loops. And you're doing this ultimately until the point that you're not making any money. And this is not the ideal kind of framework, right? It's not great for a client. It's not great for you. It's just not fun. When you look back to your most engaging and exciting projects and why I hear loads from agencies, especially ones that are really focused in design and brand, is that they like working with more established businesses that have people on their team that ultimately have done this type of work before. And the reason why they like that is because they're getting feedback that ultimately is meaningful and they're better educated in the type of feedback that they need to provide. And, you know, ultimately, the mistake that we are making is we didn't train the client. We do not show our thinking. We don't show the iterations of what we've been through. We don't have them understand the basis of the decisions that we made because we made artistic decisions, design decisions to accomplish an outcome. And the way that we were thinking about what it was done in the first place was to accomplish a business outcome, to solve a challenge. And ultimately, so incredibly often, things are just ultimately ignored here. And so the ultimate, the ultimate sort of goal from you leaving this podcast is for you to be able to sell the work to your client in a way that they end up seeing the direction that you went is really the only choice. And they're ultimately bought into it. I've worked with agencies that were in places where they were going through an average of seven to eight revisions on the projects that they were going down and, and, and they were a branding agency. So the issue that they were facing was their projects became really ineffective, unprofitable because of the amount of revisions 
and ultimately they didn't enjoy the work and nor did the client. And so what we ended up doing was reorganizing the way that they designed, the way that they presented their designs and changed from being seven to eight to having actually only one in the time that I was working with them, only one client that then asked for a revision because they were actually selling the design. And so ultimately the thing I want us to sort of think about here is your clients aren't creative professionals. If they were, they wouldn't be hiring you in the first place. Yet we treat them like they are when we show them work that way. And even when we show work that way to our internal team, we get the wrong kind of feedback. Because even with the design professional, and while they have a better basis of understanding to provide feedback that we need, they still are going to provide the wrong kind of feedback because they weren't in the pixels. They weren't understanding the research that we did. They didn't understand the ideation that we had, the process that we went through, the stages of ideation that we went through. And so when we don't explain how to think about the work, we don't explain to the client how to provide feedback. We don't tell the client the type of feedback that's needed specifically for this phase of the project. Then ultimately, we have them leading us. And they're leading us blindly. Why are we setting ourselves up for a situation like that? And so, I mean, there's, there's different ways to go about this depending on exactly how it is that your agency, the services that you offer. But ultimately, I want to talk about this in kind of broad strokes of how you want to be thinking about your design presentations. Okay, so because it is a sale, there's kind of three primary components to it, right? So there's the setup to it where you are, and then there's the actual presentation, and then there is objection management, the same way that there would be in a sale. You first set up the pre-frame, understanding the conversation, you having the mindset of the client in the right place, and then you actually kind of go through the nuts and bolts of ultimately where they are, what's going on, and then you manage objections, right? So it's the same kind of concept as a sale. So let's talk about each different phase and the primary components that need to actually be involved in each one. So the first component with a setup to it is what was the goal that was set up at the very beginning of this project? What were the KPIs that we were going to measure success with? And if you're not setting this up in your SOW to begin with of here's the background of where they are, here's the goals that they're going to be having, or what they're looking to accomplish from this particular project in the first place, largely you likely need to go back to gathering that information in your sales process and documenting that in the SOW so that you can refer back to it. That is utilized, your SOW is utilized both in your design presentations as well as client management. But anyways, you want to bring them back to really kind of who this is intended for, what the intention of this is, and what is the goal outcome of what ultimately you wanted to accomplish with this project, right? Because remembering ultimately that this work, their quote-unquote opinion that they would be providing, isn't about them in the first place, unless they happen to be the ideal client or the ideal consumer for that product or for that, that company, then ultimately they need to be looking at it through the lens of the ideal client or that persona. So you need to remind them of the goals and the who, the what, the how, all of that, of ultimately what exactly the outcome that you're looking for here. And just reminding them of that is an important thing to do at the beginning of a presentation. And then ultimately the thing you want to then kind of push back to is the basis of the information, the data, the research, the strategy, the components that you relied upon to make your design decisions. 
So what was that? Did you have a resource phase? If you did, bring them back and actually go through what was uncovered. What was the persona of the client that you put together? What exactly were the the information that you relied upon? Did you have focus groups? Did you go through any of those components, whether it was collected data, whether it was information that they provided to you, but what was the basis of the information that you utilized in order to make your design decisions? And now that you have done that, now you need to remind them. And again, as I said before, there's different phases require different kinds of feedback. And so now you need to remind them of where they are in the process. Where are they in the phase of this project? Is this still in the concept phase? Are we now going through wireframing? Are we now going through the high fidelity design? Where exactly are we in this process? So now once you've done that and they have, you've done all the pre-frame, you've set up the entire conversation. Now you can actually start to go into the actual presentation. So there's three components largely to this when you're actually going through the presentation. So there's the three components of this is what exactly and train them to provide you with the feedback. So are you wanting feedback now? Are you wanting feedback via Loom? Are you wanting them to put it on writeup.io? Like what exactly is the way that they are going to provide feedback? And then ultimately, what kinds of feedback are you looking for? How exactly are they going to even think about providing feedback in the first place? I mean, from something simple like, what and how do these lines feel to you? Does it feel too masculine? Does it feel too playful? Does it feel this? Does it feel that? Does this actually kind of resonate with ultimately the internal culture that you have? Does this think that is going to be more compelling to your consumer to do it this way or that way? And having that understanding of this is the type of thing that we are looking for as far as feedback, because ultimately what I see happen loads of times is I don't like it. The problem is, is what part of it do you not like? And is there more detailed (laughs) feedback that ultimately you need in order to be able to get out of your client what you need to move to the next phase of the project? So making sure that they're educated at this phase of the conversation of what information do you need? What kind of feedback? How are they going to provide it? Is it written up afterwards? Is it provided to you now live? Do they need to think about it for a bit? Do they have internal reviews that they have to have internally? Does it need to go through compliance reviews and legal reviews, all of those sorts of things as well? And making sure that you're giving them the framework that you need in order for it to fit within your system and your process. Then the next phase is actually showing your iterations. So there were so many things that you considered and discounted. And you actually need to walk them through that thinking in the first place. So if you show them, hey, we we did this, this was the initial sort of direction that we went, we discounted this concept because of X, Y, and Z reason, pointing back to the information and the basis of the information that you had, again, pointing back to that research data, the persona information, the user information, user research, user data, whatever it was that you relied upon to discount or evaluate what it was that you were thinking, you're going to point back to that. And you're going to adjust and hey, here's the stages that we went through. Here's the eliminations, here's the idea, here's the journey of the concepting, or the ideation or the design process that we went through. And then once you have gone through all of that, and you've essentially shown them that you've eliminated all of the different possibilities that were out there, you've already thought about it, you made sure that you went through the thinking beforehand. And I'm sure that you did. You went through thinking through what 
direction should you go? You chose a direction, you eliminated some. There was lots of creative brainstorming, I'm sure, that went into this project. But more often than not, we just ignored that when presenting to the client and didn't have them. And we didn't take them on the journey with us. So take them on that journey. And then finally, we are going to do the final reveal. We are going to show them the work that we ultimately created, right? We are going to walk them through what it was that we did and what our recommendation is here. So what what is the direction that we ultimately landed on? Why did we land on it there? And ultimately allow for them to understand what direction we're recommending. And we should be making a recommendation. If you are showing a couple of different directions for them to choose from, you need to give a recommendation. Because ultimately it puts this client in this feels like red, blue, pill kind of situation, right? Where they don't know what direction they've hired you as the expert and you need to give them some direction, some feeling of where they should be headed. They shouldn't feel lost in this process. And if they are, we are doing the wrong thing. And then going into managing objections. There's, this is an important component of it. And I want to add in a, a caveat here that largely I believe that when you're presenting design, the actual designer that was working on the project should be at the very least involved in the presentation, if not the primary presenter when actually going through this, because they're the ones that are closest to this work in the first place. They're the ones that can actually speak to it a little bit better. But again, you need to have them have the framework that they need to be successful here. And in the reason why I'm calling this out here is that Objection management, largely in and of itself, is a bit of an art, and it's improvisation, it's confidence, it's a lot of those things, and largely some designers have that intrinsically as part of them, and then some of them, you know, don't, and we need to foster that component if they are going to be part of that design presentation. So when it comes to design objection management, there's a couple of things that that need to be thought about here, really, and at this component of it. I would say is more of a fluid system than it is like this programmatic step-by-step thing that you need to do. But here's the framework and more, I'm going to now shift kind of gears into training your team to manage this and how do you actually go about it. So to start off with, one of the things that I would really spend some time evaluating is going through prior design presentation calls and, and listing out the types of common objections that you're getting and how exactly would you train your design team to manage those objections. Not necessarily so candid or canned response that it doesn't feel natural and doesn't feel conversational to them. But like, here's kind of the guideline of the things that you want to be saying to the client with these types of objections. And I'm sure that you have, depending on the services that you're offering, there's, I'm sure, very common things that come up when you're presenting in the first place of, you know, hey, what are your other competitors doing, for example, is one that comes up, I'm sure, a lot for most of you. So what are those common objections? Did we in, did we consider that? Did we think about it? Did we did we not? Did we discount it? What is the what is it the way that we work when considering these types of questions? Then the other component is making sure that the client feels heard, understood, and ultimately comfortable, which is extremely, extremely important. And largely when it comes to objection management, you need to dig deeper to understand exactly what the core component of that nervousness and anxiety is, understand what it is, acknowledge it with the client and let them know that you did understand 
what they're saying and you did consider it, you trust them, you want to work with them and all of that, right? So that they actually feel understood and heard. And then ultimately, how do you go about actually responding to that effectively and actually managing? This is this component of it here is the hardest part of it. And ultimately making sure that you do have someone that is account manager, a project manager that's trained to in the relationship oriented side of things that can be part of the conversation to kind of pull back and be make sure that if it's kind of going off the rails, that person can make sure that it stays on the track and then utilize the design team to kind of fill in the gaps where necessary on that that sort of specialization component of it. And then finally, the piece that is really, really important is client anxiety management. And how is it exactly that we are managing their anxiety levels when we are actually presenting? And this is true in 99% of the sales calls that I review when starting in any sales mentorship, sales consulting with a client is that you're not paying attention to the emotional response that the client's having. They're telling you how they feel before they tell you how they feel and you're not paying attention to them. So how exactly, what is their body posture? What is their facial expressions? How are they engaging in the conversation? Are they silent? Are they engaged? Are they usually silent or engaged? Are they loud? Are they angry? Are they smiling? Are they despondent? Are they less interested? Do they fold their arms? How exactly are they responding to the presentation? And if you're not paying attention to that, you're leaving yourself open to a lot of things that ultimately are remaining unsaid that need to be said aloud so that you can actually manage it and actually have a conversation that is deeper with the client to be able to make them feel great about the outcome of the project. Recognizing that ultimately, for a lot of the projects that you're working on, the stuff that you are doing with them are a big component to the success of the business. So this is really important to the client as well. And they want to make sure that they do it really well. And if you are not being supportive, at least of the emotional experience that they are having, you are leaving a lot of the relationship on the table. And this is one of the biggest components to getting recurring revenue from your clients, whether you're on the retainer model or you're project oriented, doesn't matter here. But the way that you manage this experience for the client is ultimately paramount to allowing for you to build a longer standing, more meaningful relationship and allowing for them to feel comfortable. And as Maya Angelou said, and I've repeated many, many times, is that people don't remember what you did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. So I want you to think about, now how do you go about presenting your designs? Do you go through any semblance of what I spoke about today on this episode? If not, should you? Are there things here that you disagree with? Kind of doing the yes and I think we should add on ABC, or yes, but I don't like this component of what, and that's okay. I don't believe to have the answers to every problem and every solution for every agency. There's nuance to it, right? And there's this is a very one-way medium here, right? And I want you to think about that. How are you presenting? How is this manifesting within your agency? And how can you make improvements in how you're presenting your design work? Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like 
too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what I'm going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things. But at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now, so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I got, I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell, because if I don't sell, I don't make our I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to $1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char- typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2000 to 3000 Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we want to make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens. Boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's going to work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I want to deliver. And yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks. And I'll see you inside the program. Mm -hmm.